Hello, welcome back to the Transfer Portal CFB YouTube and podcast series presented by No Context CFB. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is our Week 12 recap episode. Uh, my name is Dan Keegan. Joining me today is Brian Olson. We're here to talk a little bit of college football. Brian, on paper, it looked like this week was kind of the, the, uh, the calm before the storm, you know? There were some good games on the schedule, but a lot of big point spreads, a lot of heavy favorites, just trying to take care of business. We did get, uh, you know, one massive upset, and some of the other contenders mostly played with their food. Uh, how, how did you enjoy the week, Brian? Yeah, it was a it was an interesting weekend of college football for sure. Um, we had a lot of t- you, like like you said, it it seemed to be kind of more of just the the comfort of the some kind of a chalk weekend. Uh, nothing really. I mean, we had a couple of big games. Um, uh, obviously, UCLA and USC were was probably the biggest matchup of the week. Yep. Um, you know, you know when when college game day decides to go to uh, the FCS. Um, you, you know, it's probably not the best slate of the weekend of, of the year. Uh, but yeah, it, it ended up being anything, but I mean, it was an incredible weekend of college football for sure. One of the things that made it so incredible was that, uh, gigantic upset in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where we're going to go ahead and start, uh, Shane Beamer. That team just went supernova for four hours. They were unbelievable. They, uh, they ran it up on, on number five, Tennessee. I think the final was 63, 38, uh, a little bit of a win-loss there for the, the Gamecocks, uh, you know, taking Tennessee out of the playoff, but maybe putting Clemson back in. They might not end up being happy about that. But, uh, hey, give it up for Spencer Rattler, right? He he was one of the most ballyhooed transfers of this season. He had kind of fallen short of expectations, uh, especially in league play. I think he only – he had more interceptions and touchdowns in league play, I believe, uh, at the start of this game, at least at one point a week or two ago. Uh, but, anyway, he was incredible six touchdowns on the night. Uh, Brian, what stood out from this game uh, for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, just the performance of of Spencer Rattler and and, and South Carolina. I mean, the they they put it on Tennessee. Mm. Um, you know, I think the first that that first quarter, ten, Tennessee went down, uh, to South Carolina went down and drove uh, down the field and scored a touchdown immediately at the start, and then Tennessee just I literally like I think it was like three or four plays answered back and tied it, and right. you kind of figured, oh wow, like we might have a a bar burner here. We might have, you know, this a back and forth matchup. And then, I mean, South Carolina just hunkered down defensively. Um, and they, they, man, Tennessee couldn't stop a nosebleed last night. Um, it was just an incredible performance by South Carolina's offense. And we kind of, you know, when, when, when Spencer rather decided to join t- South Carolina, we kind of were curious to see what exactly would that entail? What, what would that be? Um, you know, what would that look like for Shane mm-hmm. Beamer's team? You know, they, they kind of showed flashes, uh last last year but they 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 started four different quarterbacks last year so yeah you know with spencer rather and everything that he brings to the table and his talent um we're interested to see what would happen and it just hasn't it just hadn't materialized for south carolina um you know they were they were basically blanked by georgia they had a late touchdown um in, in garbage time you know to 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 score seven there they were a a, a obliterated last weekend by Florida. I mean, they, that offense was just horrendous last weekend at Florida. Um, so you expected more of the same here, you know, this week. And that it was anything but. I mean, South Carolina put it on them, and we saw what kind of offense they could run. And unfortunately, for Spencer, for Spencer Rattler, you know, time is running out for him. But he showed that the flashes that he showed when he was a, a, a Heisman favorite um, going into 2021. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it was an incredible performance by them for sure. That was a uh, part of it that was really impressive. Of course, you know, the 
on-field stuff, but we were talking about getting obliterated last week by Florida. They really did a great job getting off the mat because that was an, an ugly, ugly game. But um, yep. for Tennessee, I mean, this their pass defense, they were kind of waiting for somebody to do this. They were, mm-hmm. you know, Florida had a big game against them in the air, but that was a lot of, uh, that was in a losing effort, you know, kind of catch up, you know, and a garbage time effort. Bryce Young, of course, picked them apart, but kind of the story of that day was Tennessee's monumental win. Uh, you guys, your Georgia Bulldogs had that huge first half through the air, but then, you know, the second half again, it kind of, so this Tennessee defense was not playing well in the back end, but it was kind of skating by, and then it all kind of collapsed, uh, this week. So uh, that's tough. Uh, you have to wonder about for Tennessee, if, I mean, this is, uh, you know, a couple years down the line, but if this is their ceiling nine, three, 10 and two, that's great. But did they get so good so fast? that their fans aren't going to be able to handle only being only being nine and three, 10 and two. This is not the most rational fan base in college football. We'll, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Maybe they end up, you know, building a 12 and 0 type juggernaut. But, yeah. I mean, you're I absolutely know. right. It, it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, the bar is definitely high and it, and, and it reminds me a lot of, and I, and I say this about Florida as well, in which I kind of, I kind of don't want to say this about Florida because obviously they're, they're one of your biggest rivals, but right. Um, you know, they, they were able to, the, the, Georgia, when Kirby Smart joined the program, you know, they weren't very good. I mean, they weren't, they lost five games, uh, in Kirby Smart's first season with a loss to Vanderbilt at home. So, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a, and then they bounced back the next year and go to the national championship game and damn near win the game with, you know, um, if it wasn't for, uh, to attack a heroics late in the game. Um, they, they're prop their national champions in, in the second year of the Kirby smart era. And here we are seven years later and they are national champions. Now they, you know, they're the best team in the country so far. Um, so I, I kind of see Tennessee, I kind of see Florida and kind of that light to see, you know, new coaching staff, new re- kind of getting their recruiting under their belt, see what they can do. Um, and Tennessee is definitely ahead, ahead of, ahead of the, uh, you know, they're ahead of schedule so far. And, and when it reminds me of Georgia as well is that after that 2017 season with Georgia, and then went to the national championship game, you're like, you know, you kind of expect that to be the norm now, but you got to remember this is a rebuilding program, um, you know, after, after Mark Rick, and it's kind of, you kind of expect it there. It, like you said, they kind of got good too fast and Georgia went through three years, three or four years before making the playoffs again. And you kind of started getting a little anxious there. I, obviously, mm-hmm. I, at least I did as a fan, I was like, well, like, Hey, wait a minute, you know, we saw where we can go. Why aren't we getting there again? Right. Um, so I see Tennessee in that light, Florida in that light. You know, can they continue? Obviously, Florida struggled wildly this year. They they started off pretty good and they kind of fallen off a cliff pretty severely. Um, but you give these coaches uh, you know, a full a couple of years in recruiting and a couple of years to build these programs, and what what's gonna happen? You know, what's gonna happen? So um I don't think Tennessee is out of it. You know, I don't think it's gonna, they're, they're done. I don't think this is their ceiling, you know, per se. I mean, it did, they, they have a historic year with Hennon Hooker, um, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, what's next? You have to kind of build yeah. on that. Um, and it reminds me, and also we saw what Florida did a couple years ago with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts um, kind of, you know, were on the verge of a, of a playoff berth and before losing to Alabama. And then, it kind of they kind of fell off the cliff from there. They that was that was their ceiling at least. Um, that version of the of Florida Gators was that was their ceiling, and they haven't reached anything near that. So yeah, there are a couple of different ways it can go. 
Yeah, and uh, ultimately it comes down to uh, you know recruiting and, and hitting on those uh, on star quarterbacks for Tennessee. That'll be crucial uh, yep. if N- if Nico's the real deal for them. But hey, you know we could talk uh, nitty gritty SEC football for for the whole <laughs> night. Uh, let's move out west because there was a huge game on the West Coast: USC, UCLA. One of the best, one of the best uh, uniform matchups in college football. Yeah. It just looks beautiful on your TV screen in the magic of high definition, but. Uh, this was a great game on paper, and it absolutely lived up to the hype. These teams were were throwing big plays, throwing haymakers. Both quarterbacks uh, were unbelievable. Uh, did you get to watch uh, the, uh, much of this game, and, and what did you take away from it? Yeah, no, I did. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to to be home, and I was able to watch that game. And it's anything. I mean, I, it's everything we expected. It was going to be an offensive, you know. Uh, battle i mean it was going to be offense nothing but offense both teams are very 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 good offensively and they can put points on the board and it's it's peak pack 12 football yeah um and that's exactly what we got i mean both teams were just throwing haymakers as well um it, it was it was kind of what i expected from south carolina and tennessee you know these offensive two offenses going at it but man that was uh it, you know it was tough to catch your breath watching that game um and caleb williams i mean what can you say about caleb williams he's I think after this week and after kind of things have happened to some of other Heisman contenders, I can and hooker and, and, you know, uh, Bo Nix kind of took a step back a couple of weeks to know what their loss last week. Right. Um, you're kind of pretty much seeing Caleb Williams solidify himself in the Heisman race, maybe even a favorite at this point. I, that uh, was, I, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, do you think this, this clinches Caleb for the Heisman for you or, or for the voters? I don't, I, I, would, I don't know if it clinches the Heisman. I think there's still, you know, you still have two weeks to go. Um, Ohio State still has a big game against Michigan next week, and we have to see how C.J. Stroud, you know, plays next week. Sure. Um, and obviously we have a championship, championship weekend coming up as well. So I think there's a lot of football left to be played, and we're going to have to see uh, what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, well, it's going to uh, be we'll- very interesting. Williams does get Notre Dame this week, and nothing impresses the the old school college football media uh, voting. And, uh, a big performance against uh, Notre Dame. It sounds like uh, somebody. I got here. a. I got a little. Uh, sorry, I got a. I got a little visitor. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Uh, howdy. Hello. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, great job. And when you you draw that through line there for. Uh, Lincoln Riley out there out west, and uh, Brian Kelly down in the Bayou, and both teams, um, you know, have the have their teams in the conference championship game in year one, kind of resetting the expectations about in the transfer portal what a year one for a coach can look like. Obviously, we just talked about uh, tenure. Some are are rebuilds, and uh, some schools are gonna. Uh, you know, really shorten those rebuilds if they can be yeah. aggressive in the portal. So it'll be interesting to see how. As guys get hired, you know, Auburn, Nebraska, of course, all these big jobs open. Uh, how do the coaches attack? Do they kind of slow play it like Billy Napier? Billy Napier said all summer, oh, we got to build depth. We got to build depth. We don't have that great of a roster. And then you have guys like Kelly and Riley going, no, we're going to compete this year. Yeah. So uh, just something interesting, uh, you know, a macro storyline going forward. So, um, yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it, and it, it's just more of the culture of the coaching staff, what they decide to do, sure. uh, you know, and, you know, we've seen both, both, and you can argue that both either, either path works. I mean, we've seen both paths work. We saw what USC's, you know, they kind of, you know, Lick and Riley, like you said, they, they, they kind of cut 
the rebuild and they brought in all this talent and they it works for them and we've seen the slow burns as well so no you're absolutely yeah. right and they, they both work um so we'll have to see it's definitely interesting to see what happens uh moving forward and hey uh, williams was great i don't want to um shortchange dtr because he was yeah. incredible as well just he was also with a broken hand plays. as well i think he had yeah. broken yeah so that's that was very gritty of him for sure but williams he just, he just takes my breath away he makes incredible plays uh and a DC native like myself. So I always root for him. So uh, <laughs> let's go down to uh, Texas and Baylor. This is here in the noon slate. Uh, another fantastic game. Uh, TCU uh, continuing their high wire act through the big 12. It, it's a good league this year. It's a deep league and uh, TCU, if they, they can emerge unscathed, that'd be really impressive to me. They have one more uh, regular season game, Iowa state next week. And then of course the, the championship game uh, Baylor, they were motivated as hell. They're a, a physical team, uh, you know. They're they're built in the trench, and, and they they look like they might have an edge in the trenches in this game. And remember, TCU blew out Baylor last year. That first game uh, after Patterson was fired uh, with the interim Jerry Kill, and they uh, TCU really took it to him in a dream season for Baylor. So Baylor was kind of going for that revenge, you know, trying to bring it back, give uh, knock TCU off in their dream season. Uh, but Max Dugan, he was incredible. Uh, led that clutch drive late. So, uh, what a game! Any any takeaways from there for you? Yeah, I mean that was incredible. Um, I, I, they, I, it was funny in, in our in our uh, in our transfer portal group chat. Um, you know, one of our good guys, Dougs, he, he he put it he put it perfectly. How does TCU keep getting away with this? And they they have all year. <laughs> they continue to just kind of. You know, and you you almost feel like it's it's gonna happen, right? You almost feel like you you never they're never out of it, and that's what makes them scary. I mentioned this last week in our recap pod. Last week is that them being in these close games, they don't fold, they don't they don't panic, they continue yeah. to battle and they continue to play, and you know they they're they are battle tested and they continue to prove that. And that drive, that drive by uh, late in the game and that gutsy call at, on third and seven they just had to run the ball with 20 seconds left and no no timeouts the clock is running they they, they bring that field goal team on the field and kick the field goal um at the last second that time expires to win i mean that was a gutsy 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 uh play by sonny dykes and I, man I, you it looked chaotic and he even said it in his pre, in his press conference that it's more chaotic it's less chaotic than it looks yeah because we, we practiced this we we were prepared for this you know these uh uh, made a kind of kind of you know transfers of 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 offenses of of uh, teams and it's 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 a uh, man it was it was a lot of fun and I, I I you know you saw that you knew and I, good for Max Duggan to kind of there was that play that two point conversion when they came back and tied the game uh, they were they mm. they scored tried to tie the tie the game he he missed um, I forgot who I forgot the receiver but he missed I think it was a running back he missed a running back wide open he would have walked yeah. into the end zone he. He kind of put a little bit too much on it, threw a little bit in front of him. He wasn't able to get it, and they ended up being down by two. Um, you know, and then you know, like I said, you could easily fold at that moment and take the loss at that point, but they didn't. The defense came out, took as, as little time as possible, course of three now, and then Max Duggan got a chance to to get a one last at bat. You know, and it's it's one it, TCU is one of those teams you can't give them another at bat. Great baseball mm. players, you give them, you know, you give them another, you give you give them another pitch. Um, you give them another chance, right? Um, they're going to make you pay. It, 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 another kind of same with the baseball analogy. 
uh, you, there's you've seen sometimes you're a baseball fan, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where uh, um, a, a, a hitter will foul the ball off. It's you know he'll foul it in, in foul territory. The the outfielder drops it in foul ball in foul territory. So instead yeah. of catching it, they drop it. He gets another, and then the very next pitch, they hit a home run or they hit a base hit or something like that. And you can't give you can't give good hitters another opportunity or free pitches, and you can't give good teams like TCU free drives you you got if you, you need to close these teams out and when you don't close this team out that's exactly what happens so shout out to tcu and max duggan and you yeah. look we need to put max duggan in the Kaisman conversation as well you know his numbers aren't caleb williams cj strout numbers henning hooker numbers but he wins and he's a winner and he's tough and he's gritty so good for him yeah I'm, I'm all on the tcu train i really hope they continue this and make the playoff um i think it, it's def- it's a hell of a story for them they're yeah they're unbelievable just uh and and uh, dug in and what he's been through on campus. You know, he's been there for a couple of years and lost his job, got it back, lost it again, you know, all kinds of ups and downs. Um, so the the interesting thing to me was they they had a couple of injuries in that game. And on that final drive, their two best skill position guys, uh, Kendrick Miller, the running back, and Quinton Johnston, uh, the yeah. unbelievable receiver that they have. Both of those guys were out on that drive. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully those guys are healthy for their, their next couple of games because those are some big ones. Uh, coming up for the frogs and um that's uh that'll be interesting because they also they're you know their physical team that's a tough league and they haven't had a bye week since week three their bye week yeah. was september 17th so uh hopefully they can they can close it out they've been closing out games all all year hopefully they can close out this season because like you said they're, they're a ton of fun but uh speaking of teams that are a little banged up uh ohio state and michigan uh both kind of Ended up playing with their food a little bit. Michigan uh, hosting Illinois, uh, Ohio State at Maryland. And uh, both teams did get the win setting up next week, a, a colossal 11-0, and 11-0 game. Um, but it does kind of suck that uh, it might come down to health for these two teams. Blake Corum, uh, Michigan's outstanding Heisman candidate running back, uh, got hurt, and they weren't the same without him. And, of course, Ohio State's been dealing with all these injuries all year. Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. So um, kind of a bummer to see that. But uh, did you get to watch a bunch of these games? Any takeaways on how these two teams looked and and getting ready for next week? Or just kind of uh, maybe they were both in look-ahead spots and and getting ready for the the season-defining game? Yeah, I think that I think that's, you know, the the latter is exactly right. I think that the both teams, you know, kind of were looking ahead of the big matchup next week um, between Ohio State and Michigan and kind of maybe – uh, weren't weren't 100% prepared for their, their matchups this week. Um, but, I mean, they, you know, I think especially Michigan, um, you know, Illinois, I mean, they, they, they Illinois has shown flashes this year. They've shown that they're, that, you know, they're decent, but it, they're not, they shouldn't have struggled against Illinois the way they did. And they were, mm-hmm. all, they were this close of losing that game. Um, so, yeah, it was a, uh, both teams showed that they can they sh- and at the same look i i hate to i've never understood uh, punishing these teams for having these gritty wins because okay. you shouldn't you shouldn't they shouldn't be penalized um for for winning in these types of games i mean i think that they should it shows that they can they they're they they have resilience and they they resiliency and they're able to to hunker down and win this football games and you know, yeah. Maryland too. I mean, Maryland, what they were able to do, I think Maryland, obviously with being at home, um, they kind of had a little bit 
of an edge there. Uh, it's so hard to win on the road in college football. It doesn't matter who you are. We Tennessee is epitome of that. There's sure. uh, there's seven and zero at home and uh, two and two on the road. I think it was what, something like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So both of those teams they played really good. You know, decent football teams, uh, and they they didn't play their best games. I do think that they both were kind of looking forward to next week. Uh, yeah, probably Michigan. Yeah, Michigan kind of looked a little bit worse. Uh, you know, Ohio State still, still put up 43 points. Um, yeah. You know, they 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 were able to score the ball. They were able to move the ball. They, I mean, they they were more par for the course. Maryland just played a, a hell of a game as well uh, defensively. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, they, they, they played. They were able to come up with stops when they needed them. But Ohio State was the better team. Uh, with Michigan and Illinois, you know, 19 points. I mean, at home against an Illinois team who's – shown flashes have been ranked but they're not you know they shouldn't they shouldn't be competing with michigan especially at home um and you know michigan had to had to come back and score nine points in the fourth quarter to win that game and so it's interesting to see what's going to happen next week i do think both of them is just the, the victims of looking ahead to next week and it's going to make it interesting for sure um and, you know, Tennessee losing kind of takes a little wind out of the cells of that matchup next week, because I think either way, no matter who wins, they both should still be ranked in the top four, in my opinion, depending on how the game goes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, both teams just, you know, I think they were just a little bit uh, victims of the moment and looking forward to next week. And they wanted to uh, kind of move on and, and get ready for this big matchup next week. Yeah, I, I would be worried about Michigan if, uh, Corum is out for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, Donovan Edwards, our backup, he's a, he's a nice back and he, he's got some good numbers on the year when he's had his chances, but, and of course they have a great line. They have a great culture there offensively, but, uh, their offense definitely took a step back without Corum and, uh, they had, they had some issues finishing drives. I think they had to kick five field goals in this game. Uh, so you're, I mean, you're going to need sevens to, to beat Ohio state. Not yeah. three. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's got I me. Mean, that's an iconic. That's gonna hopefully that'll be a game that meets expectations and we'll remember it for for decades because the table is set for that kind of game. Yeah, it's better when both teams are good yeah. as well. I mean, the last couple of years they've been that both teams have have been decent and and now they're both perennial playoff uh, contenders. So it's it's gonna it makes the game even much better. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, let's take a, a minute to step away from some of those big storylines. Uh, neither of our teams played really impactful games. Uh, yours more than mine. Uh, yeah. But let's do a little homer corner and and talk about our teams. Because, uh, you know, like I said, we could go all night about uh, Mizzou and Georgia. And, yeah. Uh, this is a, a national podcast. We're going to cover all, all the bases here. So, uh, Missouri, you know, we have one more for bowl eligibility. Uh, got Arkansas next week. Luther Burden was incredible. We, uh, you know, took New Mexico State, uh, you know, beat them pretty easily. So that's what you got to do in week in week 12 and SoCon Saturday in, in the SEC. So uh, get right game. So uh, Missouri actually celebrated senior night this week instead of next week uh, oh. because of uh, the game is on Black Friday. So, you know, the holiday and travel. And so do it this week, make it easier for families and things to be there to support the seniors. So um, I just, Missouri, we got one of the coolest, uh, senior night celebrations you know that rock the white rock m on the hill there at the stadium all the seniors all get to go take a rock and uh take it home you know a little mantelpiece oh, wow. and the personal trophy case kind of thing so yeah. i don't know just a, a, a neat tradition got to see that always get a little emotional at missouri senior night so uh but you guys uh escaped against kentucky 
Uh, what were your takeaways from, from your game? Yeah, escaped is the right word. I mean, you know, just didn't look sharp uh, at all. I mean, 16, 16 points is, is, you know, it's not what you want to see. They only scored one touchdown. Um, you know, I, I'll get to it. I'm, I'm going to get to a little bit more, you know, my, my disappointing thing of the week. And I, I guess I'll get into it now. Why, why not, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the most disappointing thing I saw this weekend was the Georgia offensive line. You had first and goal at the one and they didn't score. Uh, they got stuffed. Um, you know, they just it just anything that was less, you know, less than three yards to go, and they were running the ball. They they would not move. They would not be able to move the line of scrimmage whatsoever. Um, you know, and they've kind of shown those lapses in 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 you know in, in ability all year. Um, you know, they've been able to protect Stetson Bennett pretty well, but at the same time, Stetson Bennett has had some plays where he's had to scramble and move around the pocket and, and try to make something happen. And, you know, the, it, it hasn't been the dominant offensive line that we've seen in the past. Um, obviously, you know, uh, with Matt Luke leaving, um, you know, and op- the last two offensive line coaches were Sam Pittman and, 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 and coach Luke. And they both, you know, obviously we know what Sam Pittman is and coach Luke decided to retire for so, like randomly. That was a little weird, but um, yeah, so I think the, the offensive line isn't as strong as it used to be, mm. and it definitely showed this past, this weekend, and that was very disappointing to see when you have a stable of running backs the way Georgia does with uh, with uh, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton um, and uh, Brian, uh, you know um, you know a lot of different a lot of a talent in the backfield. Some of our freshmen too are really really good. You have to be able to protect, and you have to be able to to uh, um, you know show that and. It's interesting though because Kenny McIntosh had a uh, his best career game with with 143 yards and a touchdown, rushing the ball. Uh, uh, but still, it, it it's not it's not what you want to see out of the number one team in the country. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. And we have we have uh, uh, Georgia Tech at home for the first time in three years. Obviously, the 2020 matchup was canceled because of COVID, so uh, we haven't played Georgia Tech at home in a while. Um, so it's going to be I'm sure it's going to be electric to play your rival. Um, at home and can kind of beat them up a little bit before we get to the uh, SEC championship game. Kirby hates those nerds, right? He's you guys will take it to him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not very kind to Georgia Tech at all. I mean, he <laughs> lost to them his first year, and I don't think it's been close. I think it's been thirty plus ever since. Um, you know, the margin of victory. So, did he yeah. lose to them a lot as a player or something? I don't know. That's I, I, I don't know. I think Vanderbilt... didn't he play during the peak of the Spurrier era? So he's kind of like, yeah, yeah he's getting think... it back. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, Georgia. Him being a Georgia alum, probably he knows what Georgia Tech means to Georgia. So I'm sure yeah. he, you know, he resonates that to the players. So, uh, and the one thing you, the one thing to know is that if you cross Kirby Smart, he'll make you pay. Vanderbilt learned the hard way when they hmm. decided to in, in that 2020 season that Vanderbilt decided to cancel uh, cancel our game uh, uh, for our senior night. It was our senior night, and they decided to. To cancel, Vanderbilt decided not to, to to cancel the game and then not show up, and then the very next year we beat them sixty three to zero at their own mm. at their home field. So yeah, uh, Kirby Smart does not play lightly when if you if you decide to piss him off for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move into our, our kind of you know round robin topics like we we're talking about. Uh, Brian, what was the uh, what was the most surprising thing uh, from the weekend for you? Uh, I, for me, it was the you know the top four teams struggling a little bit you know all four playoff teams currently uh did not play their their best games you know we saw we just talked about georgia we just we just talked about 
Ohio State and Michigan, um, you know, and TCU. Uh, all four of them needed, you know, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State were on the on the on the brink of losing. And that man, it, that would have been 2007 all over again if mm. all three of those teams ended up losing their football games. That would have been insane content. I kind of wish it happened because that would have given us insane content to talk about. But um, yeah, they were able to bounce back, and even Georgia too. I mean, Georgia didn't look sharp at all. Uh, none of the four teams really had resounding victories and, 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 you know, in the eve of, of, of the last Saturday of, of the regular season. So um, yeah, it, yeah, it was a, it was definitely interesting. And you can even, you know, if you even want to go a little bit further back, you know, uh, obviously Tennessee lost um, LSU played UAB at home. So, I mean, that wasn't really a, a, a story, uh, but you know, uh, USC, uh, they, they almost lost as well. So, you know, six of the top seven teams, or could have easily lost lost their football games. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting weekend to, for, for sure. I, I'm sure all of those teams were kind of looking forward, looking ahead a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the most surprising thing for me. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, if you're, if you're a coach in those kind of games, obviously, uh, obviously USC and TCU had, you know, games against you know, peers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're – playing at South Carolina or Illinois at home. If you're a coach, you want to use that as kind of a get right opportunity. You want to sharpen up for these, yeah. these coming days. And these teams didn't necessarily do that. So mm-hmm. be interesting if this portends a uh, disaster over the coming uh, two weeks of playoff shakeouts. So yeah, we'll see. I'll be interested in this for sure. So uh, for me, uh, the most surprising thing is, uh, I mean, it's gotta be South Carolina's offense. Who, who saw that coming, but. Yeah. Uh, we, we already talked about that earlier. So I'm going to go to uh, – it was a really cool week for Service Academy football. Yeah. Uh, all three FBS academies got big wins. Uh, Army uh, upset bowl-eligible UConn. And Navy <laughs> took down uh, top 25 UCF. And uh, Air Force got a win uh, over their in-state rival, Colorado State. And uh, so three big wins by all three. Uh, combined completed passes for the three wins, zero. So uh, just perfect service academy football week. Uh, Navy's John Marshall had four sacks. He was the Walter Camp Defensive Player of the Week. Air Force Brad Roberts, uh, second straight 1,300 rushing yard season. Uh, first in school history to do that. So uh, just a great week for those of us that enjoy uh, service academy football. These service academies are pesky, they're fun man. Fun to watch, man. They, and uh, uh, Marshall had a service academy-like a game. They, they had a 10-minute game-winning drive in their game against Georgia Southern. They got the ball back on a pick with 11 minutes left. And uh, for 10 minutes, just yard by yard by yard uh, <laughs> and uh, turn it over on downs with 18 seconds left in the game. They salted it away. So anyway, I, I love that. So Yeah, um, that was fun. All right, let's take a look at what was the most disappointing thing. You uh, you gave us a little spoiler earlier. With yeah, I, like I said, I, I kind of touched about it. I talked about it a little bit. George's offensive line, I mean, it was, you know, you can't do that as the number one team in the country. You can't do that. You know, you have to be able to, to control the line of scrimmage. Um, that's where the football games are won and lost. It's in the trenches. You got to be able to, uh, you know, protect the quarterback and open up the running lanes. Um, and unfortunately for, for George's offensive line, they didn't do that. And it's not – it's not the site you want to see when you're gearing up for, uh, you know, an SEC championship game against LSU who have a, you know, pretty good front. And obviously we know what Harold, yeah. Harold Perkins can do yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, not to, not to, 
skip ahead. Obviously, we need to beat Georgia Tech as well. It's kind of the problem that some of these teams have was looking ahead. But, um, yeah, you know, you got to be able to do that. And then once you get to the playoff, you're going to be facing very, very good defenses, very good fronts. I think that's the one thing about every college football team who's good and who has a chance to win a national championship is you have to have a good front um, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, if Georgia cannot allow that to happen again, I'm sure Kirby, Smart, and and company will be able to write to to get that thing right. And uh, um, the good news is you have maybe a month between the, the championship game and your and your bowl game, and in this instance, the playoffs. So uh, a lot of time to get right for sure. Yeah, uh, some of that maybe was. I mean, just um, maybe a, a note of uh, consolation for you. Kentucky does have a really good front seven. Yeah. Uh, they they were getting a lot of their linebacker room healthy too. I think all those guys were back this week. So um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, you're right. It's not what you want to see heading into these uh, these collisions of agile beef that are coming in, in January. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're still they're still good though. Yeah, <laughs> they're um, still good. Yeah. For me, my most disappointing thing would be uh, uh, ECU and uh, Holton Ayler's there. He's been a, a Group of Five mainstay. He's an ECU legend. Uh, I think he's been with head coach Mike Houston that entire tenure since uh, Houston got there from uh, from James Madison after his FCS title. Um, Ehlers is awesome. He's he's been one of the best players, ten thousand passing yards, one of the best players in school history. Um, but he's also been really up and down through his five years there. Uh, he'll have some amazing games. He also lays some eggs. So you really, this was his senior night, five year career, legendary career, and really wanted to see him have a good night and and wrap it up in front of those home fans there. Uh, and they just the the team just couldn't get off the mat and uh, only one touchdown. So. Uh, just kind of bummed out for ECU and for Ehlers and uh, yeah, kind of uh, it's sad to see it kind of end that way. So I think they're still bowl eligible. So uh, maybe one more last chance to to write another chapter in the Holton Ehlers, Mike Houston, ECU Pirates uh, chapter. So. Yeah. You um, never want to, you never want to yeah, just bum me go out. out. So like, you know, with, with that taste in your mouth, you know, you always want to go out uh, with a good performance, especially if it's the last time you play football. Uh, you know, it means a little bit more for some of these guys when they're not they're not playing football again. So yeah. Yeah. Uh Brian, let's uh move around. Who was a player that most stood out to you this weekend? I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, Spencer, Spencer Rattler. It's it's the Spencer Rattler you've been looking for for two years, essentially. Um, you know, after that 2020 season, you like I said, the the accolades were there. He was the Heisman favorite, he was a consensus number one overall pick. Um, you know, projected going into that next draft. And, you know, and, and he kind of just didn't never could get back to that and um, lost his job. And, and, you know, he's had an up and down year. But to see what he did last week or this you know, last night is is incredible against a very, very good Tennessee team. Um, you know, Bryce Young didn't do that to Tennessee. Uh, you know, so to see what they did, uh, uh, to see what Spencer Rattler did, uh, to to that Tennessee defense was, I mean, three, you know, 30 of 37, 438 yards, six touchdowns. He was, mm. he was just slicing that defense up, man. Uh, yeah, that, oh, I love, uh, shout out to <laughs> 2019 LSU uh, for kind of, uh, you know, really using that, that celebration. I, I love it. I don't know what it is about that celebration. I love Counting it. Kind of the know. fingers. Kind of the fingers. Yeah. Kind of the fingers. I love that. It's a, it's an, it's a, it's, it's a fun 
very subtle celebration. It's not over the top. I love it. But yeah, no, I mean, Spencer Rattler, shout out to him. Uh, he, uh, you know, he showed, he, he kind of put himself back, back in on the map as one of the better college quarterbacks yeah. uh, this season. Um, I don't know what his, I know he's a, I think he's a senior this year. I don't know what his eligibility looks like. I know after COVID and everything. Yeah, he has year. one more year. So he does have one he more could, year. Great. He could, so, he could uh, come back if he wanted to. If he wanted to, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, if you can kind of get one more year under, under your belt with, and per, have more of those types of performances, you can really propel back into that conversation you had a couple years ago, but yeah, shout out Spencer, Spencer Rattler. It was an amazing performance. I had a lot of fun watching. I, you know, I've never saw myself cheer for South Carolina, but I was, I was a, a Gamecock <laughs> last night uh, seeing them dice up Tennessee for sure. Dude, that, that stadium, uh, especially at night, it's incredible. Oh, man, man. I was cooking. Yeah, yeah, when they do sandstorm, man, sandstorm is that. That's it gives me goose. That's college football. Uh, uh, college football um, traditions are the great, are the best in sports. They give me goosebumps yeah. every single time. I love sandstorm. I love sandstorm even more when there's. 10, 10 fans remaining and Georgia's up 63 to 10 and they're still, and they're still doing it. Um, but I, yeah, man, that was electric. That was really, really fun. And did you see the controversy about that, by the way, that kind of sidebar, apparently uh, ESPN, they're calling, I saw it on Twitter today. They're calling out ESPN because so ESP, a lot of these networks, they like to broadcast the, the, you know, the, the, the crowd before yeah. the game to hype everything up. You know, they do the, uh, the, the, uh, jump around at, in, 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 you know, at Wisconsin and some of the Sandman, Enter Sandman. Yeah, yeah. They do all those things. They show these things on TV to kind of set the, set the mood. So yeah. They were doing that yesterday for uh sandstorm uh, in uh, at South Carolina. And you can hear Tennessee's band playing over, you know, the song over the music and the broadcasters, uh, 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 the broadcast mentioned it like, Oh, the, the Tennessee band is, is, is drying out the noise. Uh, and then somebody, commented under like this is posted a video of what it was like to be in the stadium and you couldn't even hear the band and apparently so espn had a microphone up by the by the tennessee band to kind of mm. and they were kind of pumping up the noise and making a big a bigger deal than it was so i thought that was pretty interesting i don't know why they would want to do that i don't i don't see the point but i guess they were trying to add a little bit more to the story but yeah that was pretty that was pretty interesting Interesting to see. I saw that on, on online today. So um, anyway, I, I digress. I, I'll have to look that up. I I feel like usually, like you said, it's the other way around. The the uh, home stadium drowning out the away band, which I I think is kind of tacky. But um, yeah, if they're yeah. gonna put I mean, a song on it, but it, also Tennessee plays that song a zillion times. So yeah, I mean it's not it's not uh it shouldn't be common sense. It doesn't take us a rocket scientist to know that eighty thousand people plus a huge loudspeaker can <laughs> it's going to be louder than a, than a band, honestly, you know, it shouldn't take a lot to, to th figure that out, but they, I guess they wanted to make a story out of it. So yeah, so that's, that's what happened. <laughs> I'll look that up. I did see the funny meme uh, from the South Carolina social media with the, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the cutting from the banjo playing Rocky top to that got me. Uh, that made that me funny, laugh. Yeah. But, uh, for me, my player that, that most stood out, to, uh, to me would be uh, hey we're SEC kids here uh, Rocket Sanders down there in Arkansas he's been unbelievable this year he had another amazing game in Arkansas huge huge win over Ole Miss uh, 230 yards on the ground I think and four scores uh, he's had one of the best SEC running back seasons in recent memory um, 
he has an outside shot at uh, 1,600 yards for the year, uh, depending on how he does, you know, in their bowl game, you know, if he plays and all that, and yeah. uh, how he does against, you know, against my boys next week on, on Black Friday. So uh, we'll see about that. Um, but he's been unbelievable. He really carried that offense in the middle of the season when when KJ Jefferson was uh, slumping and injured. And uh, he's been, you know, with, with Jefferson back and looking at full strength the last couple of weeks, uh, just even, even more running lanes uh, for Rocket Sanders. And he's been incredible and kind of under the radar nationally. So I think SEC fans know, but yeah, he's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, very Warren McFadden esque last night mm. uh, for, for Rocket Sanders. That was fun to watch. Yeah. He's a big guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, let's wrap it up. Uh, what's, gonna, what's the the best thing and the worst thing that you saw uh, in week 12? Um, yeah, let, let's start with the worst. I think we both kind of agree with this. It's uh, uh, Hooker's injury. You, mm. it's, you never want to see that. Um, you really don't. It's it's injuries in itself are, are terrible. I think I wish our bodies didn't fail us the way they do sometimes. Um, but that was, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, you're all they're They're already down. They're already losing by quite a bit at that point. And obviously you're still trying to play hundred percent. Hannah Hooker wants to play hundred percent. Um, and then to go down like that, uh, you kind of knew, you know, we're no doctors, but you kind of knew what it was. You, those types of injuries, those no contact knee injuries always end up essentially being the same thing, the, an ACL tear, which ended up being what the case. Yeah. Um, this is tough. It's just tough, man. He's had an incredible season. He's had an incredible career up and down. He finally found a good footing at, at Tennessee after a few years at Virginia tech, you know, and um, you know, his, his draft stock, it, it wasn't anywhere, you know, it wasn't the the greatest. I mean, he's, he's not up there with CJ Stroud or, or, or Bryce Young or Will Levis, which I don't understand, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not up there. And, you know, maybe he, with this performance this year, he had a shot to getting a good, Maybe jumping in there, the conversation, getting a, a a late 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 round draft pick, and maybe competing, or maybe being a um, on a roster next year, and and to see that happen to him, it's just tough. It's tough to see. You never want to see that. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the worst thing that I saw. Uh, and the best thing uh, is Vanderbilt again. Vanderbilt, the Commodore <laughs> man, uh, Clark Clark Lee is he he deserves all the flowers in the world. I said this last week again, and and. Back-to-back SEC wins. Um, I think it's the first time they've beat Florida and and Kentucky in the same season since, like, 1982 or something mm. like that. Um, it was an uh, – man, shout-out Vanderbilt. I think the, the the foundation is being built, and it's being built very, very strongly, uh, um, you know, down there in Tennessee. And, uh, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt. They, I, I'm looking forward to seeing – how they continue to to develop and how they continue to build this. I mean, it's not going to be easy. They're not going to go 11 and one next year or anything like that. Sure. But, you know, if you can start getting some of these recruited, you know, try, start winning some of these recruiting battles um, and, you know, you could look into a, maybe like a South Carolina type or Missouri type kind of, you know, they've had, you know, Missouri has been to the SC title game, uh, you know, if, sooner than Vanderbilt has. And they, they, you know, it's, it hasn't been, they, they, kind of were able to build the program um, in the SEC, Missouri has. And, right. um, you know, I think uh, hopefully Vanderbilt can get out of the cellar and they, it looks like they're where they're well on their way to doing that. And they, they're a win away from being bowl eligible. They have to play Tennessee. 
which Tennessee, right, right. after that emotional loss, you just lost Hennon Hooker, you know, you're kind of out of it at this point. How do the players react? Do they come out and still, still fight? I don't know. These are, these are college kids who, at this point now, don't really have that much to play for now at this point. They're not going to make the playoffs, so can Vanderbilt do it again? I'm interested. It'd be very fun to see. Um, so, yeah, shout out Vanderbilt. That's that's the best thing I saw this week. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh Barkley's an alum, so he knows what it takes to win there, and it's not like he's just yeah. gonna go uh, skip town for the the first. Exactly, big and those coaches, those coaches are. I, I love alums coaching. You know, their their alma maters because mm-hmm. it's it, they 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 care a little bit more, you know, and they're not gonna be like looking Riley and bolting to the USC. They're not like you mentioned. Right. They're not gonna be like some of these other coaches. Um, they're they're there to stay. You look at Kirby Smart. You know what he did at Georgia. Uh, you know, as, as an alum, um, Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, Bear Bryant, you know, these types of coaches who it means a lot to them with what they, yeah. what they, some coaches end up being legacy coaches like Nick Saban. They, they, they're not, they're not from there, but they become part of the culture and they become, they, they build their legacies, but you know, not every, not everybody does that. And good for him. Good for Clark Lee to do that, to come in and, and try to, try to build the, the his program up. Like I said, we talked about it. I talked about it last week when I said, you know, we kind of made fun of him at the, at the SEC media days when he said that Vanderbilt is going to be one of the best programs in the SEC moving, you know, in the future. And we kind of laughed at him like, ah, well, yeah, whatever. But I mean, the foundation is there. It's strongly there. You just, mm-hmm. be, you beat Kentucky and you beat Florida. Uh, you know, that's good for them. For the first yeah. time in a while, I saw Vanderbilt, you know, their, their stadium is, filled with Vanderbilt fans. Normally it's a glorified yeah, home game for the opponent, but the, the fans came out and, and that's all, that's what you need. Bring, start getting people excited about Vanderbilt football. Um, and, and the Commodores are definitely, uh, they're in a good spot right now. Uh, best thing I saw was uh, Marshall's uh, stud running back, Rasheen Ali. He was one of the uh, nation's leaders in, F- in, F- in FBS in uh, rushing yards last year. Uh, I can't remember if he was number one or if he was just near the top. Uh, trying to a uh, trying to blank on that right now. It's on my head. But uh, Rashina Lee was a stud last year. Uh, he had missed uh, all of this season. He had been absent from the team for a little bit. You know, they were they were kind of coy about why he was sidelined, but uh, some sort of health issue. Um, and uh, he's he's gotten right, and he he made his de- uh, his debut yesterday against Georgia Southern. And uh, Marshall's having a great end of their season. He had 79 yards. So, it was just great to see uh, Rasheen Ali back in action. So kind of the other side of that coin of the uh, the worst thing I saw, which is uh, Hendon Hooker season ending uh, prematurely. So uh, just, you know, what a great college player. Just incredible last two years. Uh, he's a Tennessee legend. He's a college football legend for what he started last year and this amazing run uh, that they had been on. And uh, one of the most iconic regular season wins in Tennessee history, in SEC history, that that win over Alabama that was unbelievable. That's gonna yeah. we're gonna remember that for decades. And uh, you know, it does look like you know maybe Tennessee their their brightest goals, their their absolute zenith, you know, peak of the mountaintop goals of you know a playoff and a Heisman are are gone now, and that's a bummer. But um, hey, you know, focus on NFL, focus on the draft prep. But he's gonna be with this team for the for the next couple of weeks, and he's been a great leader there. Uh, in Knoxville, uh, just some incredible quotes. And uh, after games, he, you can really tell the team respects him and rallies around him. And uh, just a guy that, that everybody roots for. So uh, really a bummer to see his uh, career. And yeah. 
uh, on the you side don't see, and not you don't want to see people's careers and you want to yeah. you want your career to end on your own terms you know what yeah. i mean you really do and season ending injuries career almost career ending injuries at least college career ending injuries are yeah. the worst you don't want to see that uh you want to go out on your own terms and um as a college football fan uh you know, you. I want that as well. I want all these guys to go out on their own terms and go out on top and go out happy. And it's just a bummer. It really is. Yeah. So uh, here at the transfer portal, we all uh, are big Hen Hooker fans and and hope he does well and and uh, hope we get to watch him on Sundays for a long time. So, uh, but yeah. Um, our condolences to him. And uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's a wrap for us on week twelve. A uh, couple big games. Uh, but a lot of setup, and uh, week thirteen is going to be an amazing week. Of one more football. week, one uh, one last week of regular season college football. I can't believe it, man! It's unreal. It's got come and go, comes and goes like that. It's incredible. And then we got all the bowls in the playoff, and the Heisman, and Army Navy, and all that great stuff. So uh, stay tuned to the Transfer Portal CFB YouTube. Hey, I'm Keegs.com on YouTube. You can find Brian Acuna Batflip, Acuna Batflip. Uh, there's no, there's no little squiggly over the end. No tilde on Twitter. But a uh, bad flip on Twitter. There you go. Uh, follow us, follow the transfer portal CFB. We're gonna have some great college football content coming for you uh, in the next uh, few weeks as the season wraps up. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks, up. Uh...